Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Future Forward Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our special guest, Jeff Reynolds. And I am so excited. Well, first of all, Jeff and I have just, we've talked for like an hour before we even hit record, but here we are. We're gonna be talking about how to become a great leader to make real lasting impact. I mean, what a tremendous topic. And I'm gonna tell you something about Jeff. He, a lot about him, in fact. He's an entrepreneur and advisor with over 20 years experience in marketing. He teaches established companies how to think and act more like startups and also teaches startup tech, um, not necessarily tech, but startup founders, how to grow into established companies. His focus is to guide companies so they can create meaningful, systematic marketing departments that meet goals through an aligned strategy. Jeff is passionate about mentoring marketing managers and providing them with the tools to build courage and lead their marketing teams to produce the best output. His first book, which was on this exact subject, and I'm gonna read it right here, is The Monster That Ate Marketing. <laughs> that sounds like one of those great B movies from the day. Um, oh, and it is actually, yeah, and it's actually set to be published this summer. So depending on when you're listening to this podcast, um, this is 2022. Um, and I'm gonna give you a little bit more background. It just, it's just incredible, but he, for the past six years, uh, Jeff has been the president of Re Reynolds and Myers, R plus M, a marketing agency specializing in food and shelter companies. And now he's excited to branch out into the consulting space. Um, and just for some more background before that, Jeff has founded several startups, including a venture-backed legal tech company, a Twitter-based flower delivery service, and an early e-commerce company. He has been a guest on the Really, Really podcast, and his work has been featured by Forbes, Huffington Post, Good Morning America, The Wall Street Journal, and BBC, among others. Um, on a personal note, Jeff loves to travel the world with his wife and his two children, and he regularly volunteers to teach and mentor aspiring entrepreneurs. He lives in Boise, Idaho with his family. Jeff, welcome to the show. That was a lot, man. <laughs> Sorry to make, man, that's a lot. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we are thrilled that you're here. And for everyone who's joining us or anyone who's joining us for the very first time, please don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Future Forward Sales wherever you get your podcasts. And while we're on the subject, take a moment. If you love what we're doing and love what we're, we're sharing, please give us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. Okay, Jeff, let's get to it. I've introduced a whole bunch about who you are and what your company does but let's cut to the chase and give us some more of that secret sauce of, of, of what you're working on. Yeah, I mean, I think it could really bro be broken down into this idea of the marketing blob. You had mentioned that the book title sounds like a 50s B movie and that's I, that's what it was meant to be because I it grew out of this metaphor of what I've called the marketing blob. Now, I, I think I talk a lot about leadership. I see it through the lens of a marketer because that's been my life's work but that doesn't mean it doesn't apply to everyone. And I would just point out, like the bottom line is that leaders these days are drowning under you know, a list of to-dos, new technologies, new complexity, all this different, these more and more and more, and yet we're still the same old human beings. 
We're just the same human beings that our, that our grandparents were and their, their grandparents were. And so what I'm trying to do is advocate for taking more of a organizational planning or organizational design approach to leadership. Instead of people do a lot of great work around like personal attributes of leadership. And I believe in all that. But my area of focus is how do we actually structure your organization so it accomplishes what you want to accomplish, both for the company, you and your team? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, honestly, having that kind of a roadmap and then putting those types of systems and processes in place um, is really a gift to the organization and to your team members. And you can really redirect your resources into things that really matter. Um, so I love what you're doing, but I'm just curious, what's one of the biggest challenges uh, your clients face? Yeah. The, the biggest thing is that nobody has the intentionality or very few people have time, energy, or focus to, to have intentionality in how they're structuring their organization. And for this example, let's call it a department, right? If you're a department, most people, you know, don't start a department from scratch. They are, they inherit a department and then they over time sort of modify it oftentimes, frankly, in their own image. So they, if they were a commodity, if, you know, if they worked, ran a commodity division of, of company, and then they go into a high value add, uh, they take over a high value add products uh, division, they start running that high value add products division an awful lot like that commodity division. And I think we need to be thinking differently. We need to be, instead of building it around us, we need to take a step back and think if I was trying to turn my department into a machine, and I say that not to take the human humanness out of it, but in fact, to try to free humans to do what they do best. But if I was building it as a machine that let humans do their best work, what would I do? What would I intentionally change about my organization? And that's, you know, what I've developed over the years is a framework that helps pe walk people through that challenge of approaching that, in, in that challenge intentionally. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words. <laughs> well, I hear what you're saying loud and clear because I think that there's, for one of a better word, you know, just so much busy work and things yeah. that um, people are going through. Um, and to me, it's just been to your, you said earlier, layered on and on, and it's becoming more urgent than ever. I mean, is that the sense that you see and that you pick up on? Oh man, not only that, there's this thing, we call it marketing FOMO, but FOMO could fit everything, the fear of missing out. You know, we not everybody who's doing the right things, like so many people are doing the right things, but they then there's these other people over there doing busy work things and they start thinking, wait, maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe, you know, those people who are just for an example, you know, on every every social media channel and spending, you know, you know, half their man hours a day or whatever a week working on that. Maybe they're doing the right thing. And I start getting this like fear of missing out or FOMO. And in the end of the day, that that's all made up. That's like in our own mind. That's not reality. And our job as leaders is to get closer to reality, what reality needs us to do, what the, our organization needs us to do, what our people need us to do, and design around, around that. And I believe, frankly, we were talking a little bit about this before, that because up marketers and salespeople, frankly, have gotten so good, there's so many of them are so good, they're good at generating that FOMO. 
and then getting us distracted from the things that we should be doing uh, instead of, you know, instead of focusing on the things we should be doing, we're doing things that we think we, other people think we should be doing, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's always that shiny object syndrome and or um, that, you know, what's the latest and greatest thing? And you end up spreading yourself too thin, uh, bottom line. And you're not actually thinking strategically about, certainly from an organization, from a sales perspective, you know, where's our client, where are we, where are they at? Where are we, how are we meeting them in the best place? And uh, that's going to optimize that, that first spark. And so I love what you're saying. Um, and I'm curious because I know I've done some work on this and that you and I were chatting, as I said before, how does this challenge cost the client their ultimate goal? Well, you know, most people spend their careers running very hard, but it turns out if you're running in circles, you don't get anywhere. And so the biggest cost is that you're directionally misaligned, that you can be as busy as heck, as accomplished as heck, as you know, you can look at your to-do list every day and go, wow, I checked off all these items. But if you're checking off the wrong items, that is meaningless. You've missed the opportunity. So the yeah. cost, a lot of times the cost is hidden because you know, we don't see the things we could have been doing, right? We measure yeah. how good I was at doing this task. I was really good. It doesn't matter if it was the right, we, and we don't stop to ask whether it's the right task. Yes. And, it, yes. and so we need to define the right tasks for ourselves. But, you know, that's what it comes down to. No, I couldn't agree more. And that is such an important uh, topic to get into because it sounds to me, I mean, I talk about unleashing your hidden profits mm -hmm. um, from that from that sales side of it. But this is a hidden critical success factor. And I'd love to hear more about how you deliver those. Yeah. Well, so we go through a process when we're talking with leaders, we go through sort of an audit process where we really try to get clear on some of the basics that we all know. Right. But it seems so easy, like goal. Like, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? And you have to right size that term goal to the discussion, right? Because there's big organizational goals and then there's daily goals and that sort of thing. But for, for this purpose of this conversation, we'll just call it goals. But the truth is most people have never defined a goal in their life or very few goals and let alone goals that they actually can control. So we yeah. try to, we work really hard to define those goals at various levels and there's a whole process there. And then we define that strategy on like, and my definition of strategy is a intentionally designed plan to win. So, um, you know, we can argue there's other definitions that are also good definitions, but that's what I use. And the key there is that it's designed and it's to win. And so, but to say you wanted to win, then you have to define what game you're winning, right? Yeah. So most people don't do the, either of those two steps. You know, they, they say that they, when they, they use the word strategy, talking about tactics, you know, <laughs> yes. um, um, and not a whole plan. And then, so that's the basic, but then it gets much more interesting because then we look at this concept of, of capacity and capacity breaks down into, we break it down into infrastructure, uh, which is like process and teams and that sort of thing, culture, and then of course, uh, talent or capacity to build human beings that can do things. 
Um, and we go through a process where we examine all those things and try to see how holistically can it all be mapped? Can you do process mapping on your team just like you do it if you're building software or something like this, right? Yeah, of and course so, you can. Of yeah. course you can. And, and, but you have to have clarity and understanding and, and that, that takes courage. And so a lot of the work we spend, time we spend is giving people courage that they actually have the skills and control over their life to do this work in the first place. Because if you yeah. don't believe that, you can't do it. Yeah, that is really curious. Why do you think that courage is typically, or, or you know, that experience with that vision um, mm -hmm. uh, is typically a blind spot? That's really intriguing to me. Yeah, I think in my opinion, a, a lot, we talk about courage, like some of these things we put up on a pedestal too much. Um, that that courage is, you know, the brave uh, men and women who go to war or do these yeah. big things. But the truth is every day, and again, I don't mean to just quote back our earlier conversation, you said something that really resonated with me earlier, which was every day we make thousands of little decisions or decisions, yeah. some little, some not. And each one of those is a little act of courage. And I believe that our society and our business culture has mostly beat that out of a lot of people, partially by not aligning incentives and things like this, and partially just by normal human uh, herd mentality things um, that sneak in. It's a very human thing. And so we actually don't learn the skills of recognizing when we have an original thought or a thought is our own versus sort of the herd's thought. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so no. the first thing you have to be able to identify when, oh, I have an idea, I have a thought, and I'm valuable, and I, my opinion matters. Yeah. And so that's step one. Yeah. No, I would agree. That is step one. Um, and being able to um, then articulate that and get it out there. So, I, I mean, this sort of leads us into, you know, for someone who's in that space, you know, what's the, one of the essential actions that they could take uh, as an individual? And then let's sort of pivot and talk about um, as an organization, but let's talk about as an individual. Well, there's a lot of things. Um, we'll start with a basic one, which, so I, I talked about this model. Maybe, maybe I just need to give a little context to that. We all know Simon Sinek's um, golden circle, the, okay. the start with why thing, why in the middle, how, and then what, and his premise is that, you know, you need to sell the why. And I think a lot of us see a lot of value in that, but for leaders, leaders still live after you cast that vision or you have a clear why they're, they're, most of our life is spent in that how and figuring out how to tie that why to that how to the what, in my opinion, is a big part of what leadership is. And a big part of that, the thing that surrounds all of this is the ability to set priorities. And yes. I don't know if you've run into this, but I, I think this is an area because of the pressures of, the mo of modern life that people really, like if you say what sh to somebody, what is your priority? They instantly give you a list of four things. Well, that's not a priority. That's a list of four things. Um, and I just think that the biggest thing that all of us can start doing is recognizing our human limitations, you know, that multitasking is generally bunk for the most part. Uh, we can, that's, uh, there are debates to be had there, but that, but that 
you know, we all need to get really clear on what we're trying to accomplish and prioritizing the actions to do that. And so yes. a tool I use is the um, impact achievability matrix. And it's just like a simple little L graph or you can do it as a quadrant graph where you measure on each access access what which is what is the highest impact items I could be doing what are the what are the chances that I'm going to be able to achieve them you sort of plot those on the graph and you focus up on that upper right hand quadrant and and just that simple exercise to see you could start saying this is what I'm not going to do even if you don't get to totally what I'm going to do and you have to debate what all these little <laughs> things you know between those five things that all seem like good that's fine but it's way better to at least eliminate you know, the things that you absolutely shouldn't be wasting your time on, which right. is where most of us spend most of our day. Yeah. No, I think that's that's brilliant. And, of course, to your point, prioritizing and figuring that out is probably one of the greatest gifts that you can do yourself because then you can really feel like you've accomplished, you know, what you set out to do uh, every day or every week uh, or every month. I mean, tasks take different amounts of time and you nibble away at them in some cases. Um, well, that's wonderful, that's wonderful, wonderful. Um, and I think the last thing is, you know, do you have any advice, you know, for, for potential clients or people out there, organizations, um, what are some of the one essential action that they can take um, to sort of realign, um, and I'm gonna say strategy and what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, every these are such personal things, right? But and I don't know if this really ties to necessarily directly strategy, but if you ask yourself every day, what is the one thing that I could do today such that I, by doing it, I eliminate the need to do something else? Does that yeah. make sense? So yes. is, are those, what are those items that if I could just change something today, whether that could be changing a process, having a conversation, any of these things, eating, you know, eating the frog, doing the thing I don't want to do. If I do that thing today, which one of those things would mean that it, my life would be easier in the future and there'd be a less to do in the future? I think asking yourself that simple question starts to put things in perspective in terms of where your focus should be. Because yes. obviously every, there's some things you just got to get done. I'm not saying, you know, I yeah. realize I'm not trying to do yeah. yeah. But the, the crux of my work is trying to make people's lives better. The crux of my work is that if we keep down this path, all we're going to have is a bunch of burnt out bodies of, you know, shells of former human beings that are, you know, known as marketing leaders or leaders because they humans can't keep up this pace and pressure. So we have to, it's time for us to think about how we're designing our life, our department and our role as leaders. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's brilliant. Uh, what a way to uh, round up our show. And I want to just, Jeff, I want to thank you for sharing how to become a great leader and make real lasting impact. Um, I know that our audience, everyone who's tuned in, is going to want to know more about where they can find you and find out more about you. Oh, yeah. Everything's at jeffreynolds.com, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S, just like my family uh, uh aluminum foil company not really but it's like the <laughs> aluminum foil company jeffreynolds.com <laughs> brilliant and we'll make sure to include that link below so you're just one click away um, this has been such an informative discussion and for everyone who tuned in um, if you have ideas that you would like to share um, we love hearing from you you can leave us a comment down below if you would like to share a topic or a suggestion you can email us at join the conversation at petitequeen.com. 
And of course, to stay current on all of our insightful advice, our breakthrough advantages, and incredible episodes like the one today here with Jeff, you can sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitetoqueen.com. And I want to thank everyone again for listening and tuning in and for being part of our audience. Uh, thank you so much. And Jeff, thank you. This has been such a great episode. I really appreciate your coming on today. Oh, thanks for being awesome, Lynn. You're good energy. <laughs> Always. Always.